Are you a product leader seeing growth plateau for some of your most adopted products? Are you struggling to reallocate resources away from legacy products and into new growth opportunities? Are you being asked to do more with less? If so, you're not alone. In the third episode of our resource allocation mini-series, we answer the question, how do product leaders allocate resources to products in maintain or sustain? Welcome to the Fearless Product Leadership Podcast. This is the show for new product leaders seeking to increase their confidence and competence. In every episode, I ask experienced and thoughtful product leaders to share their strategies and tactics that have helped them tackle a tough responsibility of the product leader role. I love helping emerging product leaders shorten their learning curves to expedite their professional success with great products, teams, and stakeholder relationships. I'm your host and CEO of Fearless Product, Hope Gurion. Next, we're tackling products in maintenance mode. These products are still contributing value, but there's not the same urgency, not the same push for innovation, not the same race to outdo competitors. The products are working, they pay the bills, customers or employees are using them regularly, they keep the systems up and running. We want them to keep doing exactly that. But how do you determine the right amount and types of people to allocate to a product in maintain or sustain mode? What is a product outcome or typical measure of success for a product in maintain? And who is best suited to work on a product in maintain? In this episode, we'll hear from multi-time Chief Product and Technology Officer Troy Anderson and the Wise Technology Leadership Advisor Adrian Howard of Quiet Stars to answer those questions. First, Troy Anderson offers his perspective on resource allocation for products in maintain. Let's say it's a product that you want to maintain, but it's not in the center of the bullseye, but we want to maintain it. Uh, Maybe we can have a small team on it, or maybe it's an engineer and a I don't know, associate PM, or I don't know who what might be. Probably aren't going to need a designer in that situation, or maybe it's a couple engineers. How do you think about the team size or structure for a maintained product? So, yeah, I think the the one thing in in thinking through this is there's always an assumption that if you don't have people allocated like they were, the thing's going to fall down. Oddly, um, modern software is more resilient than most people you know give it credit for um and so you really can reduce a team a lot um and that software will still stand up usually and uh so there there's there's a bias towards you know the inertia of the team size um but i've found that it's always been the case that it's better to be more aggressive than less do you have a rule of thumb about what their measure of success should be? I mean, if it's maintain only, then it's really, is it still alive tomorrow? Okay. <laughs> right. The, the, the rule of thumb, the rule of thumb is, uh, you know, we're, we're not looking to grow it. We're not looking to do it. You know, is it still doing what it, is it still sending faxes? Yes. Okay. Don't, don't, don't worry if they're slow. Don't worry if they're, you know, not high fidelity. Don't worry about all the things that we were otherwise normally worried about, but still sending the facts and it's still getting the message across. Quality's uh, decline. 
Don't worry. Yeah. I use the term performant and bug-free, but I don't really mean bug-free. I mean like right. <laughs> the like most intolerable bug-free. <laughs> like right. That's, exactly. That's the sort of rule of thumb. Next, Adrian Howard and I discuss our different perspectives on the mindsets for individuals working on products in maintenance mode. It can be difficult for a team who has been in invest and creating a lot of new value and seeing big impact transition to a more sort of like considered approach to whether it does make sense to increment within their product as opposed to sort of main, you know making it performant and um, and responsive. What do you do? You feel like the same team that got it to a place where it had gotten to a point of maturity should be the team that sort of sees it through that you know more slower pace of innovation, or do you feel like it should be a new team? Because I do think it is a big mindset shift and a different set of outcomes that may be more or less appealing to people who really enjoy that fast pace you know, stage of in, yeah. like an invest stage of a product life cycle. So what are your thoughts on that mindset or characteristics of a team that's well suited to maintenance mode? Um, I think it's, um, for me, it's a people thing, um, necessarily a mindset thing. Well, sorry, that's, that's badly phrased. Let me, let me find a better way of saying it. Um, for me, mindset has, has multiple different dimensions. And different people value different things across these different dimensions. And so what, you know, what you want is a, is a team who, who values and is good at and enjoys the things that are going to make the product successful at this stage. Um, now sometimes that is very much a, like the, the, the Wardley pioneer town planner type stuff that there, there are people who enjoy lots of early experimentation and there are people who enjoy organizing stuff and those, you know, the, the, the people who are all enjoy, you know, organizing and building facility are going to the people who are generally going to be happier in kind of, you know, sustain maintenance, long-term work. Equally though, like I've worked with developers, some developers really value solving hard, gnarly and some developers really value that feedback loop about seeing people use their thing. Um, and sometimes both of those groups for different reasons can, can be happy in both early stage and late stage work, you know, um, build, you know, the, the, like I worked with, um, a guy who was, um, who just spent, um, after I worked, spent three years on a, on a, on a big software product. And all he did was go tidy up developers, like the thing that the libraries that developers had written as like, I'm going to write a faster whatever, because that's going to save time. Uh, and then swapping them out for the standard library, because the standard library basically always did that better. Um, so all he did for three years was, was do this thing across the code base, which was incredibly dull work. Um, for me, it's not the kind of work I enjoy. He loved it. Um, and, and absolute ideal person for both. Um, but the interesting thing with that work is it crossed both old existing projects that were, were up and running and a whole bunch of new products that were using the libraries that these developers had written a bunch, bunch of time ago. So he, he was kind of, you know, he was working across, across multiple, pro across the whole code base and that was affecting different products at different stages and he was helping all of them. Um, so what, what was he? Was he a, is he a town, mm -hmm. you know, is he a town planner? Is he a pioneer? Is he something else? Um, 
I know, you know, there's people who like to find problems and people who like to undefined problems. Um, there are, there are people who like organizing big things that thousands and millions of people use. And there are pe- the people who like, um, shoving a prototype in front of somebody and then tweaking it and showing it to somebody else. And all of those things can be valuable at, at, at different stages. Um, you're certainly going to see more of some type than others at different stages, but it's, it's understanding what your, your team needs at that particular point and then, finding finding the people who both enjoy and are good at that work and that is i think much more of a um it's it's people and leaders knowing their teams and and building um building the infrastructure in an um, in an organization that understands those values so you can you can look to somebody um and you know you can who is who is going to enjoy tidying up this gnarly code base that needs to be transitioned over to the new platform um and that is a that's that's not a kind of uh, a developer type that's say who in a, who, who in our team enjoys that work and that means you have to have <laughs> managers and leaders who value understanding their people and and the things those people enjoy across multiple different dimensions Products in the maintain stage of life typically don't need a full team of product manager, designer, and engineering lead and engineers. You may be able to reduce the team to a partially dedicated engineer as you have a good, it's still working monitoring system. You're going to need a clear metric to tell you if the product is still working at an acceptable level and a system for monitoring that metric and alerting whoever is on call, whether that be a person or a team, if the product appears to stop working. Products in maintain may need to move out of maintain and back into invest if they begin to deteriorate to an unacceptable level. Three common reasons that products that were in maintain move into something like invest are technology advances. So if your product is staying still, but your users are continuing to upgrade to new operating system, new hardware, new web browsers, this can create UX or technical incompatibilities that need to be addressed with incremental investment. Or another reason might be security vulnerabilities. All software products are constantly at risk for security vulnerability, and even products in maintenance mode need to be patched regularly to stay secure. Third reason might be a compliance issue. Products in maintenance mode may need to be updated to comply with new regulations, laws, or industry standards. As a leader, you'll need to plan for these inevitable disruptions and decide how you want to allocate a team to address them for a product in maintenance mode. You may be able to use partially allocated engineers, designers, and product managers, or you may find that a product needs to come out of maintenance and back into invest mode for a period of time if there are a number of deteriorations or risks to address. In the next episode of this resource allocation series, we're going to discuss how to best allocate people and time to products in your portfolio that are in the explore and invest stages. If you're a product leader seeking to fearlessly lead your product teams through resource allocation decisions, I'd love to be of help. Please reach out on LinkedIn or send me an email to hope at fearless-product.com. I'll respond with an FAQ about my coaching programs and a link to sign up for a free mini coaching session about a challenge you're facing. Fearless Product. Confidence through evidence.